Welcome to Florinosis. Today we are interviewing Vanessa Lamorte, who is a sound healing artist, a flower essence practitioner, and a Reiki master. So today we're going to talk about uh, foxglove and the fae. Just a small caveat, there is a little bit of audio and technical difficulties in the beginning, so I apologize, but otherwise, enjoy. So welcome, Vanessa, and um, I just, I'm really excited to talk to you today about um, everything in terms of the fae, some favorite plant um, correspondences that you've been working with, um, and just in general, like, you know, some, how you're vibing these days and um, anything that you want to share in regards to that. And I'd love to also hear a little bit about some, some deeper questions as we move forward um, that hopefully come up naturally in terms of your practice with the Fae, who they are, um, some differences um, between some common, like maybe misconceptions and kind of just really um, shaping um, from your own lived experience, um, how to, how to work with them. And I want to kind of segue and kind of introduce this conversation by asking you first that a question that may seem, um, like non-applicable, but as you know, it is applicable, um, once I ask it, um, but so I want to ask, you know, it's, it's high season in turn, high summer in terms of the plant life that's available to us in um, all the different regions and bioregions. Um, what plants are calling out to you right now? Which plants are you like really called to working with just like now in this moment or today in this week? Yeah. So living down here in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada, there's, I mean, the plants available to me, I think, well, at least as far as plants that I work with that are growing right now, um, are, you know, they're desert plants. Um, and then there's the plants that I grow. So big plant that at this time of the year, every year, but especially this year is fig. And I was telling you, you know, just a moment ago, um, about fig leaf and fig leaf is a big one for me. Um, fig leaf, burning fig leaf is a big one for me. And then just fig plant because it's very ancestral. So, um, that's just been something that's been on my heart and my awareness. Um, I brought a baby into the world, you know, just like six, seven weeks ago today. Yay, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And um, yeah, it's a plant that's really sacred to my family. So like my Nana, she grows fig. We've grown fig in my family for years and years and years. So um, that's a big one. Uh, chaparral or creosote, depending on, you know, um, how you talk about it. That's another one that I think I work with often but especially this time of year um i have a sprig in my shower right now so it's just releasing like you know the the aromatics the smell of the desert um the desert rain is yes. that creosote chaparral smell and i've only been to the desert once in my life and um it was just after monsoon season so getting those whiffs of chaparral every once in a while um i you know there, there's really not a lot of words to describe it, but it is kind of hits you. Yeah. Where would you say that kind of hits you? Like to me, it kind of feels like it's very like root, but heart at the same time. Like it's I was gonna say that, anchoring yeah. and uplifting. Heart sacral for me. 
And I think it's awesome that the one time you came to the desert, you got to experience um, that smell because it's really unique and most people don't know what that is. Like, oh, the desert has that unique desert rain smell, but what is it? And yeah, um, that's why I have it in my shower because that's like one of my favorite smells. Um, she's known, I, I mean, I don't know if this is a common, a common thing, but um, one of my plant friends let me know that she's known as the governess of the desert. Um, Makes sense. Because I believe her name in Spanish is La Gubernadora, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, and uh, yeah, she definitely has that kind of presence in my life. And she, I don't know, for me, I'm saying she, I guess she comes across feminine to me. Um, but has a, just this presence of helping one through initiations. So that's just been on my heart as I'm going through, you know, bigger transitions in my life. So yeah. chaparral, fig, um, magnolia was a big one. I have a magnolia tree, um, birth trauma. Um, she, well, no, she's known for birth tra trauma I or helping you. one through transitions. Yeah. Um, also, you know, just portal work like yeah. birth, death, rebirth, transition. And I think that she was a great ally for, for me going through this time of my life. So I would probably say at this moment, it's still those three, it's been those three for a couple of months. So yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Totally. Um, yeah. I love, I love that so much. And they all sound kind of like this. They all sound like that portal, that portal work, especially with the Magnolia that you're talking about, but also fig and also, yeah. you know, when you get those whiffs <laughs> of those, those wafts of um, aromatics from Chaparral specifically, um, that does feel like you're literally, you're still, you're standing still, but it's almost like the portal is like moving through you when you feel that like air quality change. That um, gives me chills. I'm like, yes, that's exactly how I would say I describe or I experience her. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, love that so much. And thank you for sharing. Um, today, I just, I feel like it kind of changes for me, maybe not on a daily basis, maybe on a weekly basis, depending on what's kind of growing near around me today. I actually, um, I have a lot of poke growing in my, um, area today. There's some, uh, it's invasive. So it's, it is growing in my backyard, which I love. And I'm kind of waiting for the right time to make my essence with it. Um, and, uh, so I have poke today, um, talking to me, well, I guess over the last two weeks and, um, the hibiscus are, the wild hibiscus are in bloom everywhere today, I'm noticing. It's always a plant that I noticed during Leo season near me. Um, and so yeah, the wild hibiscus here is an invasive species. I love it so much. And I just found one today where a bee was sleeping on the inside of it. Um, oh so God. I'll send you the picture of that one. Um, and I also came across um, Holly and you, growing together today. Um, you is in berry right now. And I was really tempted to, I know that it's toxic. I know that it's a poisonous tree, but I was really tempted to actually like try the fleshy part of the red berry today because I'm pretty sure Kath, I think, I think that part's not toxic, but the seed on the inside is, is that right? I think you're correct. I think that's what Catherine's mentioned in the, the classes that we've taken. And by the way, for those listening, Catherine, the reference that we have to Catherine is both of our teacher in poisonous plant medicine, Catherine Soleil of Persephone's Path. Um, 
So I was really tempted to try that today, but I was like, mm, I know I'm going to do this podcast today and I, but I don't want to get into that with being sick just in case. Um, and uh, I also came across um, Trumpet Vine today Ooh. and it was really, really beautiful as well as um, Horse Nettle, um, another Seleucinae um, nightshade. Oh, I didn't know that. that hor- horse Nettle is one of those. Yeah, so it is actually a nightshade. Um, it's okay. just called Horse Nettle. Um, so it's not in the nettle fountain. It's not a nettle at all. Um, and its leaves actually look very, it's, it's very pointy and got some pricklies and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's flowers are some of the biggest nightshade, you know, that very typical nightshade flower that has like the, like yeah. bittersweet nightshade or like a tomato, um, flower. It looks mm-hmm. like that, but they're actually like, a, like a little bit bigger. Um, so they're very like star shaped. It's very like a very pointy plant. Um, yeah. And that one is interesting. I did make an essence with that not too long ago. And it's um, a really good, like, um, rem- it's one of those really good plants that's helpful for kind of just removing attachments to, um, that are like stuck on you, like other people's shit kind of, really, you know, when you <laughs> cool. hold, on, hold on to a lot of baggage. Um, so yeah. that's a good plant for that. But kind of speaking of these plants in terms of what, we're picking up on and what we notice um, in our own experiment experiments in our own exper- experience I can't talk um, both and <laughs> both end yeah engaging with um, you'll also hear the train I, I can't edit that out but you'll hear the train behind me so I apologize um, in connection with our own experiences that we noticed, I think one of the questions that a lot of people might have when they're coming to work with plants for the first time, or to, I should say, maybe re-engage with the magic of plants from a, from a deeper level. And I think one of the questions that comes up sometimes is like, well, what does that mean? How do you kind of come to that conclusion? Um, like, what does it mean that this plant um, does this thing? Or you know, and that might be a hard question to answer, which I kind of realized that sometimes I struggle with that too. And, you know, if someone were to ask you, Vanessa, you know, how do you know that this plant, um, that magnolia, for example, um, is a, is a, has this connection to birth trauma and portals? Like, how did you come to that conclusion? Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm curious to hear with, with, um, with love and compassion and like genuine curiosity. Um, how might you answer that? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it, the first layer there's, I think there's like many layers to answering that question. Cause there's different layers of awareness for me and how I process plant spirit communication or energy. And like, I'm just thinking about the moment that I realized my magnolia tree was blooming and there's only like a two week window that she blooms and it just seemed really really special like the moment of being born or or like you know us coming into the world like there's there's a window there's a special day that we're born or that that, that's known as our birthday like that there was just kind of awareness is like this is a special moment and i might want to pay attention just seeing the bloom on the tree that was like a first awareness and then like imagining myself when i was walking up to the the tree and seeing the bloom she was there and magnolia my magnolia tree is it's a white magnolia and just 
opened in this way it was not fully open but kind of cracking open and just like observing like the inside bulb, bulb part and how like the petals I don't know the petals like have this soft shape but also this like geometric almost kind of like a lotus feeling type shape and um, the lotus is another flower that kind of just brings up coming through the coming up through the mud or coming through the, a canal like the vaginal canal of birth so I mean I'm just observing the, the the flower and just feeling into the different I guess quote-unquote seemingly random things that just came up oh you look kind of this way or you look kind of that way and um, how do I feel looking at you you feel soft you feel like you're cracking me open like I'm curious and so there was something there and I think um, for me just in general with flowers in particular, they definitely draw me in. And there's something to that. I mean, I work with flower essences. I mean, that's like a whole other piece of information. But just that natural draw, like what is that? And so like that's, those are all like the first awarenesses. And then um, my process is sitting with the plant. And by sitting with, it could be literally physically sitting in front of the plant. And then just meditating or seeing, again, how we go deeper into that inquiry of, where does my mind go? Where does my body, like, how does my body light up? Um, what emotions might I be feeling into? And sometimes, like, you know, taking it out of maybe a formal process, it just is like, I let it, I let it roll pretty organically. And I'll be like, why am I thinking of some random person or a person that I haven't thought of in a while? Why am I thinking of this place or whatever? And then it's just, it's really fun because I love to see the connections between things. And it's like, okay. I'm randomly tapping into this other thing and that feels like it's part of this. So Magnolia in particular, I just, I remember the process of being with her. She's right next, she's in my front yard right next to where I park. So every time I'd get out of the car, I, it would be like this um, thing. And then even saying that out loud now, something I didn't realize is um, the car. I mean, a car is a vehicle. It's, you know, a go-between. And I'm like, oh, that's, per <laughs> it's perfect for Magnolia as a, what she ended up showing me was a, a portal worker or a gatekeeper. Um, and uh, yeah, I think white to the color of a plant, but definitely white was something that came through as like cleansing. Um, there's a level of innocence with her um, and maybe high spiritual energy or like new beginnings. So yeah. I love that answer. Thank you for explaining that. Um, in such a beautiful way because it does, it sounds like a lot to someone who might not, um, mm -hmm. I kind of do all these things too. And it sounds like a lot to someone who might be listening to this for the first time and wanting to kind of make their own flower essence maybe. And maybe how do I go about writing what this means or knowing what this means or totally. how it kind of transforms. And, um, you know, it's built all of everything that you're describing and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but to me, that's a really good example of building relationship with the plant and, um, or at least starting to build a relationship with the plant and noticing uh, there's many more things to that, um, but that's a good way to kind of begin the process. And yeah, it has a lot to do with noticing the subtle qualities of like how it might be showing up during certain times that connect to certain patterns in your life. Yeah, so I think that's a really beautiful answer to kind of um, describe how might one, I mean, it, it's going to look different for everyone to keep, yeah. kind of keep that in mind, but that's a good example of how we might kind of come to these conclusions 
that we are probably all aware of constantly change and edit and we refine as we continue our relationship with that plant. And we might say this time, you know, you know, so it's with the awareness that it's an ongoing discovery process. Yeah. That was something I was going to add to what, what I was saying is like, um, things, things change it. My relationship from plant to plant and, and how I process those awarenesses are very different. So, cause you're changing too. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so the, what I'm curious about too, is, you know, um, a specific plant that I also am very much working with right now is foxglove. And so um, I know that you are a foxglove person as well. And I, maybe, maybe you might not call yourself that, but. um, Oh, I would, I would. Okay, good. Um, So this might, you know, I don't want to be too forward, but I want to ask, you know, in kind of transitioning from the conversation we just had, how might you describe this experience with foxglove from what you've noticed in working with it, whether it's through flower essence work or really just your own relationship with foxglove? What are some of the things that you've noticed in terms of what foxglove is about? Mm. So the first time I met foxglove in person, uh, I didn't think it was going to be possible. Again, I live in the desert. So these certain plants, you know, just not, they don't grow here. They're not available. Um, especially the poisonous ones that I love so much. Um, so meeting Fox love in person was like a, Oh my gosh moment. So I would definitely call myself a Fox love person. And the first thing I noticed that I remember with Fox love was, uh, just how striking it is. I mean, it's, it grows in a stalk with like these little, I mean, I guess we would call them what bell shape, uh, flowers and it's it was striking um and by striking I mean it kind of took my breath away and like my heart and it makes sense because I think like a lot of people would say foxglove is a heart opener and then there's also digitalin which is you know the, the heart medicine with foxglove or the compound I think that's the right word that I'm using that comes from from foxglove so that was that was like my first experience just oh my gosh um and then feeling into like other instances with foxglove um i received foxglove as a gift this year this spring um and as a as a fertility gift or as a a gift for pregnancy and um that's definitely i think a quality of foxglove um it's part of its mythology but just looking at the plant I'm, i'm i'm just trying to you know answer your question as far as like, you know, my relationship. Um, ah, Foxglove feels spicy to me. I have to be honest. I say striking. There's a quality of like, almost like lightning for me in my body with, with Foxglove. Um, and I have a friend who touched the inside of a bell and I wouldn't recommend this. So just saying, don't, I don't do this at home folks, but she did this and um, it felt like lightning in her fingertips. And she was like, whoa, I wouldn't do this again. And, um, <laughs> and it's, it's just interesting. Cause I was part, I was like in front of her in this experience. I was like, oh, you know, gosh, Fox up is poisonous. Be careful. And you know, we all have our own, we have our own things, you know, and ways to trust. But, um, I felt, I felt that electricity. So I think Fox Club definitely has that effect. Um, in my field like I don't need to touch the plant to experience that it just it's electrifying to me um it is a stimulating like it's energetics in the body as a medicine with that digitalin 
is a, is a heart stimulator. Yeah. Um, so I, that makes a lot of sense to me. It's like this upbeat, you know, it, it brings in like a lot of energy to yeah. the heart, um, for congestive heart failure. That, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now it's activating other things in my field. So I just want to ask, like, just to be grounded, am I answering your question? Cause I'm Absolutely. like, are there other things? <laughs> no, I'm please keep going. If, if, you know, I'm, I'm listening. It's, it's a beautiful answer. Cool. Yeah. I'm just, aware of- we're, we're all just here to listen to anything you have to say about foxglove. No wrong answers here. Cool. Yeah. I mean, foxglove, it's a fey plant. I mean, for me, it always brings in the fey. And by that, I mean, some type of awareness, some something that is more of that realm. And I'm just aware right now, of like tapping into the plant spirit just by talking about it. Um, I'm really, so I, I, would, I would describe my awarenesses as very clairvoyant. Like I'm aware of the, um, all the bells. And sometimes like my visions will zero in on certain things. And I'm, I'm really zeroed in on the cluster, like how the plant has like the clusters of the bells. And um, I'm just hearing from the plant, like I'm a colony plant and like part of its medicine. I just heard community. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was literally next breath. I was about to say like, yeah, like how we're in community with each other, with the plants, with the fae. Um, and I think that's a huge message message anyway that if they want to come through with when when we were you know talking about doing this that's that was a huge thing so yeah and um speaking of that you know you just mentioned being in community with the fae and with our i think with our surroundings too and um you mentioned you also said that foxglove is spicy um yes it is that's like something that i talked a lot about like when I did the Patreon with Foxglove, like saying that I'm doing it and then kind of opening the space to like, you know, if people want to step yeah. in and be part of it, I was like, just so you know, <laughs> this is a poisonous plant number, which I always say, this yeah. is a poisonous plant. Um, but also this plant is a little different than, it's so interesting because, um, you know, you, know we, you and I have worked together with poisonous plants and we've met a, like pretty, pretty, you know, intense plants. Yeah. And foxglove is so unique to me because it has this life spirit of the fae attached to it, but it's almost like, whoa, um, I have to be really specific and I have to be really delicate and really aware when I'm working. Not that I'm not aware and delicate when I'm talking with sure. other plants, but there's something about foxglove that makes me not walk on eggshells, but makes me be really tapped in and aware and sensitive to the way that my energy comes forward and participates with things around me. Yes. And how that influences the sphere of other people around me too, and where my footsteps tend to tread and what I'm treading on when I do that. Right. So yeah, there's something about that, that that's what I mean when I say, when I like, hear a ping when you say it's spicy it's because it's going to let me know that it has those boundaries just like it just touched like when the person touched the plant with the light and got that lightning bolt like it's going to let it's going to let me know um so with that being said you know with us this plant 
making us really aware of how we are participating in community and how our actions affect those around us. Mm-hmm. How do our, how, what is that community aspect and what is that relationship in regards to when we're approaching this plant and the Fae? And, you know, I think what I want to ask, you know, that's like a loaded question, but I think what I want to ask to kind of specify diving into that topic might be, um, who are the Fae? Sure. <laughs> so I, here's a, here's a, here's a, a quick story. So when I was going to make the foxglove essence, foxglove was like so. It was I met it in person, right? Special special moment. It was like please make me into medicine, and I was like whoa, like that is such an honor. That is such a big moment. It's it was a big deal for me. Um, and yeah, approaching any plant, but especially this plant with like a level of maybe awareness, caution, but without the fear layer, but just really arriving to the process with eyes open, (laughs) eyes open, ears open, heart open. Um, I, it was early the morning, in the morning, it was in 2020, May of 2020, that I was uh, making this essence. Um, And I was making it with, with my friend and looking back, it's like, okay, this is just so funny to me with just how sometimes there's trickery um with plants and i forgot the water i mean you can't make a flower essence without water okay but i did and i had everything else and i was being very very calculated or so i thought and i had to go to the store to get some water um and this is you know high time covid pandemic and here in las vegas masks weren't mandated yet um at the time and it's just I ended up walking into a grocery store before it was open. It was like like I broke into a grocery store to get water. <laughs> and I didn't know. And I mean, I'm wearing like this crazy outfit because Fox Club wanted me to wear like a goofy outfit and um, <laughs> to make it's a very silly plant. Like it, yes. it always requires play and silliness, I feel like too. Absolutely. I got <laughs> braided piggy tails <laughs> pants i have like a shirt with amanita on it which i'm sure that mm-hmm. that plant spirit or fungi spirit was part of it too mm-hmm. anyway i get in the store and i'm trying to check out to buy this water and like the employees are looking at me like i have like five heads because how the hell are you in here right. and and it was like it was so embarrassing mm-hmm. um and then i was like well whatever like i just i don't even know how i did it i actually had to like i you know, automatic doors that open automatically. I, I pried them open. Like, that doesn't make any sense going back. But I saw people doing it that weren't wearing, like, any uniforms. And I'm like, people, employees. Oh, my gosh. So um, I could I could be very um, hard on myself and go, oh, my gosh, how did you not see this? But I definitely think this is all part of Fox Club. Yeah. Because when I got to checking out with the water, I mean, the water was $1.25. And all I had was my debit card and everyone was like sorry the thing's not open you can't have this water and it just it brought up a lot of feelings and like I got yelled at by the manager like how dare you pry the doors open I was like I'm so sorry I'm just like out of my mind I'm just I'm in foxglove mode Mm -hmm. I'm not of course they're not going to know what that means and you can't say that (laughs) I'm like oh my god I I have to get out of here so later thinking about all of it I just it's it's not lost on me Okay, Fox Club, yes, connects to the Fae. I think the Fae have a, you know, a reputation for kind of be kind of being a little playful, mischievous, trickstery. I think we can definitely see that in stories or or whatever. But I mean, this was really working on my consciousness in this way. And Fox Club, just I felt like once I arrived at the plant to actually make the the essence after I got water, it was like, haha, are mm-hmm. you 
You, you think you're aware, but are you actually aware of what's happening? Because you just walked into, into a store that wasn't even open. And I was just like, oh my God, I got my ass kicked by Fox Club. Yeah. And so there's that. And then the, to answer your question about community, the thing that really, really, really hit me was I just kept saying, I just need water. I just need water. And it really made me so upset and sad because it's like, you know, if I, if the roles were reversed, maybe I would have just covered it for this person or I don't know. I mean, it just, it was really, really weird Yeah. to not be able to get water. I mean, the fact that I was buying bottled water, you know, was like a whole other thing. Um, as far as our our world and 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 all of that you know just basic needs but that that's the community piece that like i feel like i've really experienced with fox club it's like are you aware of what's going on not only in yourself and the personal but the transpersonal like what's going on in the world like water is not easily available to you and it's normally easily available to you Mm -hmm. you know it's yeah. almost like water is a privilege and it, and it ought not to be. And so I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, Foxglove. Oh my gosh, Foxglove, you know, bringing mm-hmm. in all of that. So that, I don't know. I, that was, I mean, not my first introduction with Foxglove, but definitely like, a, okay, you're doing something. Something huge. Um, something huge. And, and that's happened to me before in terms of, I feel like maybe this is a harsh way to put it, but like having to learn a lesson with that plant before even making the essence with it. And that, that was an experience I had specifically with Lily of the Valley. I felt like I had a lot of things come up with that. And, um, I had a, like, it took me a whole weekend to, to like finally settle into realizing that was that plant's initiation for me to finally come to it. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for that lesson. Um, and then it, yeah. So I get, I like, that's, um, that's something that makes sense to me. And I've experienced that before in terms of like having to go through this fucking thing, um, <laughs> before and like, and then, like you said, thank you, Fox love, like coming back to the plant and realizing that might've been part of witnessing the medicine of Fox glove on a, on a transpersonal, like actually going through it as opposed to like physically, and viscerally experiencing it as opposed to, um, given, you know, given this like image or message, like, no, you got to fucking go through it. Um, and that's, that's when, um, I feel like things can land for me in a deeper way because I, I, my body physically moved. I, you know, like I went through this actual thing and, um, I can see that really well and I, I mean personally that's that's happened a lot with poisonous plants um yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I which I appreciate and which I love which is why I love working with poisonous plants but mm-hmm. um I love that piece um especially about the water aspect of that and especially with what's going on right now with um the line three in the Dakota access pipeline um mm-hmm. that's still happening so and you know even more so right now this week so yeah um, feel that for sure. And it's, it's sad that water is, it's, it's terrible that water is a privilege and really not accessible to a lot of people. Um, and with that community piece too, like to me, what went through my mind when I hear, when I heard you like breaking (laughs) open these like automatic doors was like almost, and like all the people inside were like, broken record 
looking at you know stop what they're doing looking at you and like their their moments of preparation were interrupted yeah and um it's almost like it kind of feels like almost like as if someone was like walking in on the fae in their own land almost like they were doing this thing that nobody else was like allowed to see or witness or be in yet and then this this fucking person just walks in um and they're like what the fuck so um you know pardon my uh my language um but I just thought that to me that's like how that I process that and that was like kind of the funny aspect of it to me um but it's totally funny but then also totally (laughs) but totally not funny at the same time yeah 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 yeah, so. but circling back to the community question, because I'm like, you know, I went into this story because I can't talk, not talk about Foxglove and not tell that story. So <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh. I love that so much. So thank you for sharing that. And um, I think that's a really beautiful um, example of that, like, um, I don't even know if I want to say boundary, but that quality of what it's like coming to foxglove where there's there's a delicacy and there's there's like you said you said arriving to the process Mm -hmm. and being aware and that's what it is with foxglove that it makes you kind of click that you're almost like you that's part of your offering that's part of your participation with foxglove is that it's going to make you click into this other state of consciousness of awareness or in order to truly appreciate what's going on with foxglove or like that's just what the kind of energy that it emanates where you kind of when you're with it or you're experiencing with it it kind of does this thing and i i did listen to your your podcast episode about your experience with the fae and i remember you mentioned on there where you had this experience in your own home one day or over a course of a couple of days where you noticed you kind of just looked around and it looked like the energy that was emitting mm-hmm. in your space was like this psychedelic wavy mm-hmm. like it just it looked like you were looking at a psychedelic image or like a glitchy image of yeah. your space and everything was just wonky and off a little bit and that's kind of like what I'm talking about in terms of what the energy that Foxglove might emit, how it kind of like how you're in this space, but, and almost like what I mentioned with Chaparral, like how you're standing still, but the portal comes through you mm-hmm. with that waft. And it's almost like Foxglove is doing that in some way where the portal comes to you and mm-hmm. <laughs> you're 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 shifting and you might not be aware of it so I'd love to hear a little bit more about that in terms of um just talking more about the fae and yeah. um you know the what that what that experience was like and how when you kind of looked in your home how you were able to make that connection say and that's this is what this is the fae yeah yeah so um in that experience, I noticed the walls were, okay, so, you know, my walls are, I, the, col- the color of my walls is like a very light gray, um, but the color is called intuitive. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, maybe there's something there, but I was looking at the of walls. Course. Yeah, and the walls were just doing this thing, like, it, they ha- it has like that textured, 
you know, textured wall, whatever. Um, but it just didn't look, um, what is the word? The geometry oh. of the space. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't look still and it didn't look just 3D. Um, it started to look uh, watery or ripply. Um, and I was, I, so I remember looking at one part of the wall and I'm like, okay, that, what's going on? And then I look at another part, I'm like, okay, something, like, it looks ripply, almost like the fabric of the universe, the fabric of the dimension is moving. And I'm like, I don't know how I would know that. How I, I don't know necessarily how I would put it in those words, but that's just the, the feeling and the, the language that came up for me. Something is, is coming through a dimension. Um, and then looking at it closer, feeling into it closer. And I say feeling because it's like I'm using my eyes, but my eyes are kind of doing this thing, almost like calibrating to the space. And it just felt like, okay, other things are lighting up in my body. It felt like my heart, felt like my throat. I think there was a lot of throat. And when I feel things in my throat, like feeling a lump in the throat or just feeling movement in the throat, it's like communication's about to come through. It might be that I have to say something or someone else or a message, something is coming in. Um, so that's a way that I process um, getting like other realm information is like I'll feel it in my own throat chakra. Um, so that was going on and and then things started to take on like on the edges of things like the edge of the wall, the edge of the ceiling, um, the slight rainbow color. And it just reminds me of like um, kind of like a retro vibe, like distortion, chroma shift kind of feeling. And I was like rainbow and rainbow is like it's a language with me in the fae like those colors tell me that 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 is fae energy um that's just what i've come to know over time with them it's just seeing oh okay and i was like oh fae hello <laughs> and i started to laugh that's that's a notorious thing i'm very giggly on this call and that's just something that's just something that happens i'm not always that way but that's just something that happens with fae mm -hmm. i get very giggly and I'm like, I'm laughing at myself in my house by myself. I was like, okay, this is fake energy. And I'm, you know, I'm having the awareness of seeing myself looking at the wall. I'm like, this is just, it seems if someone was seeing this, they would be laughing too, I think. Um, <laughs> and I have like a little altar in my house um, that has like flowers on it and things that I think are characteristically fae, um, like a little tiny bell, little things, colorful things, rainbow things. And so I was like, you know, let me ring this bell. And so I'm, I ring this little bell and then things start to amplify. And I was like, oh, this is so fae. Yeah. So, you know, how did I know that it was fae? I know it was fae because of my language over time, but I feel like just giggly energy, the rainbow, the feeling of not being in my mind. Um, I think, so sun Aquarius, rising Aquarius, this is my astrology mm -hmm. language coming in, but I can be in my head a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not my mind. Like it's not, it's not head energy. And mm -hmm. um, I think that's maybe more of how I operate is, um, you know, mental energy or, or very air. Um, and it just wasn't that. So I was like, yeah, this is, this is something else. Um, and then just tuning. I feel like my field does this thing. I call it a tuning, but it's like a kaleidoscope, but like, yeah. like moving through and, and just finding tuning uh, into what is that? And there's just a natural inquiry that I'm constantly kind of, this is, this is the air still working, but like, what is that? How am I feeling? Um, what is that color? Is that how it always is? Or is that changing? You know, just the questions. So yeah. Um, yeah. That in that moment, I guess that's how I process that, that information or the fake coming through. 
that makes a lot of sense. And um, that actually is a really good question that that kind of makes me think of is like, um, when as, as someone who is kind of more mentally aware or kind of just got a lot of more mental activation going on, when that energy came through, what do you feel like in terms of that switch kind of guided you towards with the Fae where, what kind of elemental association do you feel like the Fae kind of leads you through? Do, do you feel like it's more grounding energy that kind of takes you away from, is it, and I'm, I understand that this might be a hard question to answer, but like um, the Fae, you kind of, do you feel like the Fae are not kind of working on the plane of mental? Are they working on like, um, a more emotional plane or a more physical, um, earthly plane yeah. or watery, fiery, you know, I'm, I'm curious to hear if that's even an applicable answer, but I love this question because I've never thought about this question before. And I love questions. Um, <laughs> there's that and, air element where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so um, but I would say that almost every time there's there's almost a sequence an elemental sequence and element being relating to the elements but elemental also in the word relating to the fate i'm like wow this is so cool so for me there's the mind first something is happening what what is it so like thinking a, an inquiry question and then it hits my emotional body so i would say water the water in my body starts to respond emotionally um because i have to, i have to go into feeling sense i have to drop the mind for me to be to, to hear the fae. If I'm too in my mind, it just doesn't happen. Um, <clears throat> and I would say that's probably a general, maybe more of an overarching thing. I can't say I know everybody's exact experience, but in general, you know, coming away from the mind and really starting to tap into the heart um, and tap into the emotions. So there's that. And then I would say earth kind of activates a little bit in terms of body, like feel mm -hmm. like feeling the physicality of my body. Um, Am I, am I boots on the ground grounded or am I starting to feel like I'm floating away, but like my body activates, I would say then, then fire and then back to earth and fire in terms of element, elemental energy or fey energy feels like an ignition or like giddy, mm -hmm. like, like a, and I'm like, I'm sweating talking about it. So like usually so, sweat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's, it's fast. I feel like for me, fat, uh, fey energy is very fast. It oscillates very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's like that's like a sizzling fast ignition fire and then back to earth like okay now I've landed I've grounded okay. now I'm in the yeah. realm of the fae or I'm in the awareness of the fae I think that's really helpful to um I think and I, I again I understand that that's like how you experience it and those that are listening who might have a different sequence or or might experience it differently but I think that's also really helpful to uh, like viscerally experience um the subtlety um of when those shifts are happening and when that communication is coming through i think that's really helpful um and then in the, and then i like how you even said and then going back down to earth and um which kind of like makes me wonder too that you know what you hear a lot of with the fae um or maybe not i don't know but um is having this relationship, you might hear a lot, especially in people who are herbalists or who work as land stewards um, or who wildcraft, you know, people who work with the land in an intimate way or who have a reciprocal relationship with the land, sure. I should say, yeah. um, that a lot of the times you might hear people say to ask permission 
when working with plants, which I always recommend. Um, and to kind of have this relationship with land itself and land spirits is something. And I'm curious what your take is on if, is there a difference between land spirits or spirits of place and Fae who might be in your garden and kind of be more like outside um, living in nature. And so, yeah, is there, is there like, does that kind of make you think of anything or what your thoughts are on that? Yeah. So I would say this is a huge, huge one for me. Land steward is definitely something I, I identify with. Mm -hmm. Um, working with Reiki and then there's a, a system that was gifted to me um, by Faye and galactic beings um, called that I call planetary healing probably will have another name at some point but energy healing with with the grid with the earth is a big deal for me and um, it's it's an honor and it's always it's it's at the forefront of my work um, so land spirits yes I feel like spirits of place spirits of land have a consciousness mm -hmm. and it's almost like i feel like their consciousness works for me more like a sphere or like a globe and then inside that there's also the distinction of this is chaparral you know fey or elemental um this is this plant like every plant um spirit um having there's the plant spirit but i also feel like there's like the fey or like the guardian of the plant mm -hmm. Um, and then there's like Deva and like Deva is, I think a new, maybe it's not so much a newer word, but it's, it's a word that I, I think is less popular, but the, the Deva of a plant, um, it's not the fairy of a plant, but the way I experience it is more the sound or frequency. It's mm -hmm. still an elemental, but more abstract in the sense of not having an embodiment. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas I think most Fae will offer or show an embodiment. I don't see, I don't know necessarily that they're always that way. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that they can come across to people as a Dhammic in structure, like having a head, two legs, two mm -hmm. arms, um, where we get like the stereotypical depiction of a fairy, like mm -hmm. a little being with wings. Um, so a lot of times I do think that they come across that way. And um, I'm, I'm just being careful about language because I don't think that they are one thing. Mm -hmm. um yeah. or have one expression so yeah. like i feel like they're they're asking me to be mindful of that mm -hmm. um in talking about that because when when we say oh this is it then mm -hmm. other people ex are looking to have that experience and that exactly the case and i it, because there's so much variance mm -hmm. so yeah there's there's the land there's each plant um i mean each stone, every every piece of nature, I feel like have it has its own consciousness, and elemental or fey expression, um, and I mean that's really how I experience the world is very much alive in that way. Um, yeah, I mean I would I would even go as far to talk about as yeah as far to talk about the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. um, again, air is air is an element for me, but. Um, air sylphs or the elementals or fae of the air um, can come across as weather, like just like in the breeze or in the wind, but also mm -hmm. as clouds. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when we look to the clouds and we see a dog or we see an angel or we see like different symbols in the clouds, I would say that, you know, those are things that might just our consciousness might be attuning to or transpersonally where 
gravitating to those archetypes, if we want to put it more in terms of like a Jungian dream uh, perspective. But then in the terms of like the Fae, I would say that those are the Fae showing us a different expression and mm. offering us communication. Mm. So. Thank you. I think that's, um, that's, a, that's a helpful way to look at that. And I um, agree and love the the reminder that um, I guess that amonism of every everything really has its own piece of consciousness. And um, I think that's really beautiful. And, you know, I guess, you know, one of the things that um, I actually came across a quote today from um, another person who who is an Irish storyteller who um, has collected a lot of stories about the Fae from like firsthand accounts in Ireland of people experiencing the fae mm -hmm. and um some of the, one of the things that he says he talks he i watched him ex, uh describe this story his name is any eddie lenahan okay and um you can actually find he had he actually has some stuff on youtube and i was watching one of these things today that he was explaining about the fairy bush and what they actually call in Ireland, the white thorn, I'm, I'm like 99.9% .9 sure they're probably talking about Hawthorne, um, but uh, that he was describing um, just the, the quality of um, how the people, at least in Ireland, where he's collecting these stories, um, have this deep relationship with the land and that quality of that boundary of, um, like knowing when to not cut down certain trees. Oh yeah. And he talked about this story of these these people who needed to kind of straight who needed to straighten this road, and um, there was a hawthorn bush growing right in the middle of it, and they needed to cut it down to straighten the road, but the workers didn't want to do it, and the boss finally had to like say, okay, we we got to do it though. And as soon as they started cutting, and this was in the 50s, so they didn't have, um, so they used like a handsaw. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they started cutting it, they said that, that like, according to him, the firsthand accounts of the people he interviewed who actually were part of the story that the bush actually began to bleed. Like, and he said, wow. no, it wasn't just sap. It was, they they said that it was like it looked and it was like this quality of like real blood mm -hmm. and he said the fairies protect their own property no matter what mm. and they stopped and so that's something that i wanted to ask you in terms of the the fae um versus land spirit stuff you know um i just loved that quote that the fairies protect um their own property no matter what and if you ever had any experiences or what your thoughts are on that in terms of um, coming across, you know, places that are very fey and um, having that quality of knowing where to tread and what not to assume. And if you've ha ever had any like trickery besides your Fox Club experience, any trickery experience with the fey? Oh. <laughs> But a question because I feel like uh, I feel like my whole life allow you to answer. I, yeah, no, I think it's great, and I there's a lot of access. I mean, I there's just so many experiences. Um, so first, first way to answer this question is yeah, I feel like uh, Faye do they 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 do protect their land. They're they're guardians. 
Um, and I think that at any time, like for me, I feel like these, these types of awarenesses come in a lot when I'm, um, hiking or just like out in some type of nature area that's not touched by people so much. Um, I would say in places that are more public or have people that Faye have gotten used to being in hiding. I don't think that that's always how it's been. Um, but I think that there's, there's a, a thing about that. Um, so in places where they may perhaps, maybe perhaps feel more free to be themselves. Um, and then as a person walking into that space, um, there have been moments, countless moments where I've been hiking or just in the desert or just any place that's just open nature where I stop and I'm like, I can't go any further. What is this? Like, like almost like my feet won't allow me. And, um, like this has definitely happened more than 10 times and it's some fae person kind of going like, you shall not pass and you need to ask <laughs> for permission to continue. And, um, I think that I feel very grateful because I don't think that that's perhaps everyone's experience, but I think that that's part of what I'm here to talk about or here to, to, to learn about and, and, and everything because I have, I don't know, some type of relationship with other realm beings, you know, not just Faye, but, um, we're talking about Faye today. And so in those experiences, it's like, hold on, like, again, bringing, bringing it back to the awareness of permission. Like, do you have permission to continue? Why are you going this direction? Um, just like really, really dropping in. Um, and so just guardians of, gar elemental fake guardians of the spirit of a place. It's like they work in relation together, but I can also feel how they're different. Um, just ask you to be more tapped in. And so more than, it's not like, it's never, I can't say that it's ever been really, you can't do something. It's not, if, if it has been, it's usually like a storm's coming and it's going to flood that direction. So you, you wouldn't want to do that. Like it's more about safety versus like you don't have access. Like I don't, I, they haven't been, um, clicky or, um, what is the word? Like, I love that pretentious with me. Mm -hmm. They've been more like just exclusive you know yeah. like not letting you in it's it's been more you're saying um for safety reasons or for like a bigger uh, purpose or a bigger reason for sure yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i love that i think it's a really clear description of that too and i think that's a really good way to understand that energy and I feel like it's kind of different from what a lot of people might say about the Fae too, which yeah. is good, which is helpful. You know, I feel like, I feel like with the Fae, there is so much information that you can find online or in books. And a lot of it is um, confusing in terms of, you know, like, well, how do I know? How do I really know? And I guess the answer to that might be like, working trying to work with the fae in your own life and gathering your own experience but i feel like for me at least there's such a hesitation in terms of coming like with the intention of working with the fae because i don't know i don't know what the what the right way to work with them is you know who i'm really you know and so you know how how might one um like begin to work with the fae mm -hmm. yeah um, the heart, 
I feel like it's always, always, always starts with the heart. And like how, I use the word arriving, but like how, are, how is your heart arriving to the process? How is your heart arriving to the practice? What is the intention? Um, I think in our Western world mind, thinking and way of being, um, there's a lot of what can I get? And maybe that's uh, maybe more colonialism. Um, what can I get from this? What can I get from this experience? What can I get from the land? You know, if we're talking about wildcrafting, how can I get something from the plants? Yeah, and extractive. Exactly. And the Fae ask, ask us, I think, to be more uh, gifting-minded. What can I give here? Um, how can I offer? What can I offer? And it's not, again, it's not like a, you have to give me something. I think that, that that's something that a lot of people talk about online or like the Fae asked me for this and da da da, like the Fae are demanding beings. And I would say that that's not necessarily true, not in my experience at least. It's more so um, bringing in the relationship of, of giving. And I, I can't even say, like, there's reciprocity, but it's not extractive. It's not about exchange of being like, you give me this and I'm going to give you this experience. It's more so how can we remind every part of this, everybody in this situation to be heart-minded or heart-centered. Um, so if you're wanting to work with a Fae, I think the first thing is just asking yourself why, because if you're wanting to work with a Fae because you want to be able to tell your friend about how you saw the Fae, like a, <laughs> um, a pedestaling glam, you know, experience, it's probably something to, to look at there. Um, or if you're wanting to get something from them, like I want to talk to the Fae because I want to get this piece of information. Well, that's fine to want things, but like, why do you want what you want? And again, how is your heart arriving to that? We can have, I think, an intention with also the awareness of kind of like what's the bigger picture and why am I doing what I'm doing um, and just yeah I mean re just reminding us that they're not here to um, they're just they're not at our beck and call to have an experience of we're in co-creation with or, or in tandem with or living with you know it's the surrounding. So um, I think that if we approach a practice in that way, there's so much that opens. Um, I've had people go, I don't believe in Faye at all. Countless people and, you know, uh, clients, friends, and I tell them my experience. And then they're curious and they want to have an experience with Faye or want to learn from the Faye. And I tell them this piece. And then, like, there's, like, this dropping. Like, if you can drop the guards, if you can drop the ego, if you can just drop the stuff and just arrive you know in, in full your full heart full just essence like oh my gosh I had this like experience and I'm like I know isn't it fun um <laughs> and they you know there's so much like I don't know what they're going to say or how the experience will will unfold but I mean it's not for me to know um when it's for other people but yeah I just it's a big one I mean it, I feel like I could continue just saying the same thing but it's like yeah dropping ego I think is big Mic drop. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think that is such a beautiful reminder and something that um, it's just like, just period, just such a beautiful reminder, no matter what cycle of Kairos, which is like um, nonlinear time, um, mm -hmm. no matter what cycle of um, 
where we find ourselves maybe again and again in certain patterns, no matter how much quote unquote we think we've healed, um, we might come back to these things a lot. And especially um, the reminder of what it, what it means and what it's like and what it looks like in order to um, practice integration of coming to things in a heart-centered way and what, what it really looks like, not what it looks like in a two-hour session, cacao ceremony, um, what one time that you've done and you'll never do it. No, um, just saying. Yeah. Um, you know, but um, it sounds a, a lot like what the Fae um, are, like what they're, what they're um, teaching us is this, like this experience of, again, and I'm saying integration, like I'm saying um, like daily devotional practice to yeah. yourself that includes being, being mindful and um, of, of your own heart. And, and it sounds a lot like that um, a lot of this experience has kind of with the Faye kind of is like a good lesson in, in boundaries that can extend for ourselves with engaging with other people to, it kind of sounds like they're showing us how to, what it looks like to have clear boundaries in our own lives with other people. I love that. I've never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are boundary oriented, um, boundary oriented in the way of being aware and cautious on who they're sharing information with. I think that that's something that's probably become perhaps a defense mechanism with them over time mm -hmm. um, that I can't say that I know exactly where those roots come from, but I think that there is something historically that's gone on where maybe at one point we were, at least in my conversations with Faye, at one point humans and Faye were very much more intermingled mm -hmm. or, or living in uh, harmony in a different way. And then going through a process of, okay, we have to create some separation. And then when there's a separation, there's like kind of like two worlds or, or not really two, but just different worlds going on. Again, boundary, right? Like the boundary between where I uh, exist and where another begins or where the one world is and then the next um, begins. And like the if there's bleed through or if there's, um, you know, the space in between the the liminality um but yeah they're that that word comes up and i'm like of course um boundaries in all senses of the word for sure um yeah you know the thing that that i was given this year that i think that is important for me to share here is that the fae were like 2021 is going to be a year for people to understand us differently and I was like, what do you mean? This was in January. My birthday is January 31st. And this was like a gift from the Faye on my birthday. Like, Thank I don't you, even Faye. know. Yeah. They were like, hey, it's your birthday. We want to tell you something. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was like, you have you have some work to do. I'm like, okay. You know, it's just sharing. Uh -oh, this, yeah. that this year is, um, I think a lot of people are awakening to Faye consciousness. Like that, that this is even a possibility, that this is even something that we can interact with. Um, a lot, I think a lot of people are moving through that and that transformation in their own lives. Um, and in addition to that is like, yeah, arriving to the practice. How are we doing any of it? Just becoming more eco-spiritual, I think. 
more more minded in in the way of the of nature and um how we ex how we might experience spirit um or just energy um but yeah the the the, the message from the fae as far as like really helping people to open to this or allowing them to work on our consciousness there's definitely like this energy of allowance um because uh, yeah i would just say allowance like let them letting them do what they do letting their magic be a part of our our lives and um there's simple things that we can do i think to bring that in and so i, I think that kind of goes into like if you like altar building or if you like yep. to like create art or like all these different things that I think are associated with the Fae in, in terms of practice yeah. that help bring that in. Um, but they, you know, they've definitely shared that. Like how can people bring their energy or awareness into their lives? Um, just to, just to tap into more play. I mean, and, and in their child work, I mean, I think that the Fae are a way for us, a supportive ally for us to kind of um, talk about trauma or to tap into our trauma and and to work through things um maybe not so much in the ways that we think like not maybe not so much in like a deliberate way but maybe a, a, as an indirect um an indirect or more subtle supportive thing um but yeah that makes sense yeah and like, in, oh go ahead no i'm just anytime the fae do this in my consciousness it's like i'll be talking and then i'm like wait what am I talking about? Because <laughs> like the, like the channeling of information yeah. is just like, okay, wait, am I answering this question? Or am I, am I talking about the thing I was intending to talk about? Um, because then it's like tapping in or tuning into what they're saying now or then or whatever. But anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, how, how might be like, um, one of the things that they might like in terms of like maybe on that daily basis, like, um, coming to them and I know you said play and um, sometimes I feel like being silly I feel like a lot of um, especially with foxglove that there was like this quality of like that they wanted me to like literally like Whoa, like run around in my backyard and act like a child um, yeah. with, like to literally like play and yeah. bounce and like run and be and like play with the hula hoop like they wanted me to step into childhood mode for exactly. as part of um at, at least that's what foxglove wanted um mm -hmm. me to do and um it's it's uh i think that not that i am someone who again that's why i'm talking to you <laughs> for about the fae working with the fae but i feel like that was one way that they showed me um, how to access that energy, at least, of, mm -hmm. of, of what they, of where they're at and what, what they access to us. But in terms of like altar building, maybe mm -hmm. I think that might be something that someone might like to hear. <laughs> um, just for those crafty witches out there who like, like to physically, um, you know, make things or mm -hmm. to have a beautiful aesthetic something in their home. But Totally. Um, what would a fairy altar or a fae altar look like? Uh, fairy witchcraft was like my first foray into into like witch anything. So uh -huh. just <laughs> just <laughs> thank you, thank you, fae. Um, but I mean, a fairy altar can look can look 
like whatever Anything. whatever we need yes. it to look like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but we're including the elements. I think the elements are a huge focus um, when it comes to um, Fae altar. Um, things that are little, they love little things. So things that honor the Fae or the things that bring in the Fae, like little little things, little figurines, um, just smaller depictions. There's something about the micro that really connects to the Fae. Um, and which shiny. makes me oh sorry i was just yeah. gonna say which makes me think of um you said micro but it made me think of the word mycelium which brings me back to the amanita shirt that you had with the foxglove essence and how that community aspect of everything being connected um but so. <laughs> but then yes you also said shiny things shiny things colorful things um in my experience the fae have loved like the the, the altars that i've created that i think that have that have had the most fae um attraction were the ones where it wasn't super perfectly curated like sometimes i've been more calculated and i want things to look or feel a certain way it's really for me the fae are, not, are like they're not so much about things matching um or <laughs> things being symmetrical um there there's a, a level of letting go of symmetry and kind of letting it be maybe more hodgepodge and oh, I like that yeah more uh mixing colors mixing textures uh definitely including the elements little little feathers i mean i've included big feathers but like little fuzzy feathers little tiny figurines of like mushrooms i, I mean i'm a mushroom fiend but you know just like little tiny things rainbow things i have like a little tiny bell um, I, I still have my fairy altar up like it, it stays up all the time and um, it's actually where this is interesting but it makes perfect sense it's actually where I have um, the ashes of my dog that passed and um, it's been my awareness that fae or elemental beings are the spirit guides of our pets and so sometimes I'll experience that or see that I'm like what is my cat looking at I'm like oh I'm pretty sure that's their fae spirit guide um or if anyone who has a cat knows what that <laughs> looks like they yeah yeah that face what are you looking at <laughs> yeah um so I, ha I have his ashes there and it's it's just like a really great I think relationship and then way for all of that to kind of come together but ringing that little bell so sound is a big deal for them yeah humming, frequency and vibration yeah. Even okay. if you feel like you can't sing, just just do it. Just do it. it. It brings them in. And it's, you know, singing to my altar is something that I do. It's not something where I'm, like, sitting kind of, like, monk style, like, in front of the altar. It's not like that. That's not how I, I interact with that altar. It's more like in passing, like, I'm passing by, and I'm like, oh, yeah, bringing that awareness in. It just reminds me to do something. Mm -hmm. um, I would say my husband and I are pretty silly people in general, but you know, it reminds me to be more silly, especially if I've become more serious, um, or I'm having a hard day. So, um, yeah, it serves as a reminder and just let it be what it needs to be. Include the elements. Um, something that I've loved to do and I still do this, but it's like, if I'm going to change the altar, I will take a nature walk and say, okay, fail, invite them into the process. What would you like me to put on the altar and what 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 might you want to gift me to bring to the altar mm -hmm. i have had the coolest little stones kind of like just like roll to my feet i'm like what wow. is that where are you coming oh, from yeah like or the thing like a feather just comes out of nowhere or like this i find this plant growing somewhere that i've never like i've wanted to meet her and i haven't met it before i'm like it's just how are you growing there you don't even look like you belong there but you're doing it and um i wouldn't maybe have seen it or maybe wouldn't have 
been attracted to it if I didn't ask the question of let me invite the Fae into this experience. So we can do that even when it's not for altar building. So yeah. You know? I love that. It sounds so much like it's when you said, especially the, the part of like not making it be this like curated process where it's kind of this hodgepodge or more spiralic um, yeah. experimentation. And it's all, it sounds like it's all play. It's all about experimentation and play mm -hmm. and a permission slip to um, be less structured and more like, uh, dare I say, more wild. Def definitely. I love that. And you spark something that I didn't even realize that I was doing, but oftentimes, um, I'll, I'll probably do this maybe a handful of times per year where I'm just like, I need to get some polymer clay and make some things. I'm not an artist by any means, but I'll just like make something and then put it in the oven and, and let it harden. And almost every single time something from that little creative session will make its way onto my fairy altar. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, like, duh, like, you know, crafting child, yeah. you know, art, the hands, like it's all very much like part of the same energy. That is, that is really cool because since I've been working with Foxglove over the last few days, I've been wanting to work with clay a lot and I don't, uh, that's really interesting. Um, so I guess I'm going to have to go out today and get some polymer clay. Heck yeah. Cause I want, cause I want to anyway, but that was a, but I was just like, why is that? And I didn't even like make that connection. And then hearing you say that sparked that in me. So that's cool. Um, and I've also been since taking Foxglove really, um, really reconnecting to my artistic self. I'm, I'm actually like an artist first. I went to art school and, oh. um, you know, I was actually a designer for a long time before I left that industry and started doing this work. So since working with Foxglove, I've been, it's also Leah's season. And I, I don't know, it's, it's all going through my first house. And that's just a huge part of my identity that I don't have any imposter syndrome around. So mm -hmm. I always, I always, around this time of year, I always naturally come back into exploring and, and playing creatively, but I've been doing more so, even more so with Foxglove and especially wanting to really dive into different mediums that I otherwise, with clay specifically, wouldn't yeah. otherwise want to experiment with. So love that. I love it. Uh, yeah. And I, and thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I think that's a really, um, I just think it's, I, I thank you for, um, sharing that more specifically in terms of what it might look like and how it might tangibly come down into working with your hands and, um, inviting this process in, into life, as opposed to talking about it abstractly or conceptually mm -hmm. how to kind of go out even if you're listening to this today and you're like, I really want to do this. How do I do it right now? You know? Yeah. Um, so that's really helpful. Um, and I think this whole conversation to me at least has really opened my eyes to um, just, just the beauty and the magic of the Fae. And um, I, again, I, I've mentioned that you know, I've done some research with the Fae over the past couple of years, but it's not something I've dived into too much because like I said, it becomes really overwhelming pretty quickly when you go yeah. into research with the Fae online or in books, because there's the, if I'm butchering this um, in Gaelic, I apologize, but the Tuatha de Danann mm -hmm. and the She and 
you know, all the different variations through the folklore of the Fae and like, how do I know which one, which ones I'm working with? And, you know, and so even in my meditations or in my dreams and seeing certain kinds of what I, I think are Fae and looking differently and not really knowing how to kind of go about working with them. It's been a process for me. That's been everything that we've described about what Fox club is like having this kind of like easy, (laughs) easy, delicate treading that I'm really, that I'm really unsure of because I don't want to like dive into things. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing or talking about. And so there's this like consciousness and awareness that I have with it that really actually so in the past has led me to really not go that deep into it because there's this quality of fear of fucking it up Mm, to be honest you know um and I think today at least has helped me in the way that you're you're describing all of this has really helped me open my eyes to maybe seeing the Fae in general from a, a core or a foundational perspective that allows me to kind of drop that like f- fear of failure um, totally. when, it, when it comes to accessing them. So mm-hmm. thank mm-hmm. you. Absolutely. And something that you're sparking is just the different um, layering that happens with the Fae. So I would say, so my, my first conscious Fae experience, I was probably four or five. Um, and there was a closed white, I think it was a petunia flower in my, in a pot in my backyard. And I remember touching it and the flower opened in front of me, kid you not. And I was like, <gasps> and I saw a little person come out of it. What? <laughs> and I ran inside. And I told my mom, my mom, this story, and this is not a story that's been fed to me over time. Like this is not something that she remembers that well. I remember, I remember going, oh my gosh, this happened. And she's like, no, you just saw that on Thumbelina. I loved the movie for sure. But I really remember the experience of that. And I was like, did I make it up in my mind? Like kind of like gaslighting my own self at like four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, that really happened. Um, and um, I mean, she probably just, she meant well in saying that, but you know, definitely asked me to like that experience. Shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. And thus um, it begins. The, right. <laughs> but that like, happened over time. Like that happened more than once. And I was like, okay, no, no, I believe myself. This is happening. I'm, I can't be crazy. This is going on. Um, and I think, I mean, it's definitely easier when you're a child, I think just to kind of be fluid with that a little bit more. Um, but those types of, ex- types of experiences kept happening and they, they still continue to happen. I'm, I'm thankful and fortunate that, I don't know, something didn't shut down in my field. Um, but for those that, I mean, a lot of the, the situation or situations or a lot of the experience rather is that, yeah, we were really, really open and like super lucid when we were kids and like now we're not and da, da, da. It's like, I think there's a lot of give. Um, I, mean, I kind of think of like a slack line. There's a lot of give with the Fae and in terms of really helping to open up our gifts again. And it's just, I think, tapping into heart again and really getting into that play and, um, not losing hope. Like it's not lost. Um, it's just how can we recover and like kind of expand and and stretch it out again. And maybe that's part of like the mirroring with clay, like the stretchiness and like Mm -hmm. stretchiness of our consciousness and like actually working something tangibly in a stretchy way. Um, just to kind of 
bring bring that stuff back in and, and to to be more creative and when you said um fear of failure fear of fucking it up i hear that and i think that that's definitely I, the awareness and the discernment first of all i think is great with anything um in meeting beings or otherworldly consciousnesses conscious not it's not conscious i want to say conscious not um i'm making up a word but the discernment of what am i doing and how am i how am I doing this? How am I arriving? Right. That's like my line, um, is important for sure. And I think that it's important for me to say right now, because I've, I'm just aware of this layering is that a lot of times the, in my awareness and in observing others that coming to Faye, um, experiences starts really playful and it starts like really, um, like maybe more childlike. And then I think that the more that we do it, the more that we're invited into this experience of like of deepening. So I feel like it's deepened and deepened and deepened over time where um, if we're talking about magic or we're talking about witchcraft or, or any of those types of things that the mm, seemingly more technical or maybe more ceremonial or ritualistic type things I think some people might call it high magic, like using that kind of yeah. languaging, though I, I might not necessarily use that languaging here, but just to kind of, kind of understand yeah the more that we exercise these fey muscles so to speak i think the more that we're invited into these deeper practices of magic and, and the experiences of what those those could be so if that's where the heart goes or that's where the curiosity goes i think it's just remembering that it's it's pretty stretchy so if we can um be patient with ourselves and be patient with the fey and just you know work it work you know go outside invite them into your experience take a nature walk collect some you know, pine cones and things, bring them into your home. Because the action of literally going outside and bringing it into the home is symbolic, but also literal for merging worlds. Yeah. Um, and helping us as people to reconnect back to that naturalistic, more eco-spiritual self that I think that we've, I think that humans are this way, but we've probably lost a little bit in, um, or a lot of it in, recent times yeah so yeah that process like literally brings it into the home um and it's always asking for permission i've definitely brought things into my home from the fae that i shouldn't have done because i didn't ask for permission so i've <laughs> i've made the mistakes and it's made some weird shit happen mm. i think um so just being mindful <laughs> with that part yeah and now that actually leads me to one last question that i have that um i again i see a lot um in regards to the fae and boundaries that um it was actually a tiktok tiktok that i saw that i i totally forget the name of the person but um it it was about this person you know um don't 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 call the fae in don't work with the fae you know you'll know what you're messing with um definitely you don't want that in in, in your home and and stuff like that and like I said, I, like I shared like that, that was like kind of part of my, um, you know, ex not experience at all, but that was part of my energy around it in terms of like, it was something that had a lot of these connotations in terms of not, not negative, but just a lot of the other sides of Fey experience that you hear about and kind of, you know, inviting a lot of this not darker but a lot of this more challenging or the the shitty quote-unquote qualities of like how it can bring bad luck and stuff like that into your life and 
I, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds almost like that's just the side. And I'm again, I'm, I totally want to hear your thoughts on this, but it sounds a little bit like that part of the quality of the Fae is when we don't ask for permission or when we're, or when we're not engaged with a pure intention in terms of where it's just for an extractive reason. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. And the thing that is bridging in my consciousness now is uh, the fae and poison plants. And, mm. and just thinking about- Give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> There's the attraction. But I mean, like, give me the poison plant stuff. Right? Um, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking specifically about plant medicine. Um, you know, people, let's say, taking magic mushrooms uh, and then having really scary experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, well, we're working with consciousness, a really special consciousness. And it's the, again, I, I have to use the word layers. It's like, well, at least for my awareness, working with um, perhaps some type of psychedelic or plant medicine, it's like, there's a layer of the action of taking it, but you're inviting a consciousness into your field. But then there's also like, how might, you, how might your field oscillate, shift, change, and then move through all of those dimensional spaces. And through that dimensional experience, there may be, I'm going to use the word may, cause I can't say that I know, but there may be interaction with other beings. Um, and something that's coming into my awareness now is that plant spirits, the plant king queendom, um, and fungi, king queendom, however we want to work, use those words, but like that they came before us <laughs> and it's more ancient, like plants as ancestors. It's, a, it's more ancient than human consciousness from what I understand. And, um, well, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And that by not almost like by not um, keeping that awareness in the forefront, like plants as teachers, plants as master healers, plants as um, the elder, that we're leaving ourselves open to, you know, yeah, making mistakes, of course, we'll learn from them, but also missing the point too. It's like, I think like, yeah, bad luck, bringing bad luck into the home or bad, the quote unquote, bad things happening, having a bad trip, like just all the different <laughs> iterations perhaps. It's like, but it's because we're missing a step a lot of steps likely um and so yeah i mean it's the whole plant medicine conversation is a whole other right conversation yeah. i think um but in terms of fey um it's just the, i think they keep us sober in a way which is funny because i would say that fey are not like it, it feels more yeah. drunken Drunk, drunk energy, but... <laughs> but sober in the way of yeah grounded yeah in the yeah. reality of what we're doing or why we're doing it and the whole the whole thing I, I love that. I love the flexibility, Const like the to kind of constantly go back and forth. Like, okay, I have to ask for, for permission, and and I want to work with this otherworldly energy, but I also want to stay grounded, but I also want to stay lucid. Like, mm -hmm. it just da, 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 da. like it, yeah. it does that for me, and I I, I love that process. Um, I think there's a lot to be gained, but not maybe having that at the forefront, like, oh, I want to do it right. The whole extractive thing. Um, but there's a lot that they can give us and they want to give it to us. That's the other thing. It's like, I do think that they want to be giving, but not at the cost of, you know, feeling like we're demanding it or expecting and or entitled to them. Yes. Just like anybody else. Like just like anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't want someone to walk up in my house and be like, you must give me like 
anything right now. Like why? Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. feel right. Right. Um, yeah, totally. Um, and you know, it's just it now I feel like this has really helped me personally listening to all of this and just like really alleviating, giving me a permission slip to kind of let go of those, like really all of those. Now that I kind of sound, it kind of sounds like a ridiculous preconceived notion now at this point, but it's, um, but like I said, there's just so much of that mm-hmm. on the interwebs and in the atmosphere around this, like fear of the Fae. And I think, I think maybe that's there for a reason and maybe that's rightfully so to yeah. kind of make us think before we like check in but yeah. to but i'm like you know to, to what it to what cost um that we're like doing it to a point where we're so afraid or we're so gatekept mm-hmm. uh gatekept or um hidden from like having an experience that um like it's it's really just about play yeah <laughs> Or just really just about open, open heart or open send. Yeah. I get it. It feels very Black Moon Lilith to me. And that's Mm -hmm. something that the phase in terms of like the collective in this year, it's like, I mean, what are the exiled parts of ourselves or the exiled parts of our collective? And I would say that the phase kind of go under the category of Black Moon Lilith in terms of exile. Um, Mm -hmm. Love that. Wow. Yeah. But power. You know, there's a, I think there's a lot of power in the Fae and power in having allyship with the Fae and understanding and relationship and um, synergy, you know, with the Fae. There's a lot of power there. And that's what I mean by a lot to be gained. I think that when we start to do this work um, together and, and, and have it be maybe more organic and maybe interwoven through our daily life, it's, it's a powerful, I think, shift in consciousness. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the overall message that I was given to share this year is that the Fae, there's this very specific piece of information, and I'm going to share it here because this is the way it came through, and mm-hmm. I don't want to edit it, um, but that we're ending a 30,000-year cycle. I don't know why that number, I don't, <laughs> I have to be honest, it was hard for me to accept that number. And like, yeah. what does that mean? And like, the history of the world or mm-hmm. the earth or anything like that. But like this is like ending a 30,000 year cycle of fey and exile and how um this year 2021 is opening something for people to interact um <laughs> and be more um aligned aligned with con- uh, plant consciousness and um fey energy because there are gifts to be received and to be reclaimed and something that hit my consciousness when you were talking about the fear and then is also kind of bouncing through this original download is um past lives Mm -hmm. so sometimes sometimes i'm not saying that i know that this is your experience at all but sometimes maybe like blockage or locked up fear could be such that in some other lifetime and maybe past or parallel because i don't know if i really want to bring in linearity but just some other experience where Maybe we've like, you know, blocked up consciousness in a way that, you know, something happened and now there's a fear around it or, or whatever, um, in some other role. Very much, uh, um, true for me, to be honest, but I'm not going to go into that, but uh, keep going. Yeah. And I I think that that might be, um, something that's hitting a lot of people's, uh, conscious night, consciousnesses, conscious (laughs) night, not a word, but I always want to say it. Um, consciousness is this year is um, working through that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
if you're listening and you also have fear or have had fears, you know, a valuable inquiry could be, you know, at what point in my experience, my consciousness experience or my lifetime, so everyone think about it, might I, might I have had some type of thing happen that's kind of locked it up and, and created some trauma and tried, you know, your consciousness just wants to lock it away because it wants to be safe. I think that's psychology in general. Um, but I think that when we apply like psychology to the broader existential or transpersonal stuff in terms of other lifetimes, hmm, you know, what else is there in like those little pockets to kind of be unlocked in the fair definitely working. Um, I think actively on our consciousnesses to help us work through that stuff. Yeah. Um, so again, ending this year is about ending cycles and starting some new relationship collectively with the fair. Mm. Um, and we get to choose that. And that's, I think, yeah. really exciting. Yeah. So it's like, whoa, what could that look like? You know, I think that in terms of like applying it to like the now and community, it's like, how might we, again, come to land, land or land spirits and be like, talk with them or um, ask before we just like put houses there or put a garden there. I think mm -hmm. that like the example is like a community garden. How mm -hmm. cool would it be if people created community gardens to grow food for each other or with each other, but adding the layer of the fae is like, I think a lot more supportive. Mm -hmm. So, and maybe, maybe it'll be more enriching literally mm -hmm. and figuratively, like just all of that. So, um, applying them to how we do things, um, is great. That's so beautiful. I actually feel like this energy just came through my body that made me like want to hysterically laugh. Um, <laughs> I in, saw in a good way. Too. I was like, <laughs> Um, in a good way. Um, it made me super giddy. And when you started describing the message that came through for, from the Faye, um, to you about the third ending the 30,000 year cycle, mm -hmm. um, I don't, you, you probably couldn't see it, but behind me in the window, there was this big gust of wind where the, the mulberry tree behind me just like came alive when oh. that, that message started. So um, and it's like very, um, so, and that was like specific to that moment because it really hasn't been that windy, um, this whole time. So I was like, Oh, like, I don't know anything about mulberries. So now I'm curious. So, oh, just in general, just like that, even how you described how the Faye might be in, I was just thinking of it in terms of how the Faye might be in that like cluster of wind that mm -hmm. you, that's like what I was thinking of with that. Um, okay. but, uh, yeah, uh, but the, you know. I mean, there, we have a bunch of mulberry trees in our backyard. So, and I got to enjoy them a lot when they were in berry, um, part of their life cycle, which, which is also very communal based in terms of trees that are very, you know, um, part of the community in terms of giving, beep, beep, giving confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I hear it. I hear it. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Um, well that that's a beautiful message. And I, I just want to kind of end by asking, you know, um, two, two questions. And one of them is with the, the message of the Fae coming through for this year, beginning to um, give us the permission slip to come to work with them and be more heart-centered and community and all that kind of stuff. What's the, uh, this might be a very um, like, a question that might not have an answer to it again. I guess I'm asking a lot of those today. Um, but, uh, you know, what's the, 
what ultimately is the larger picture with the Faye wanting to work, wanting us to work with them? Like for what are we working towards together? Mm. If there's an answer to that. Mm -hmm. I definitely sense that from what they've shown me is it's offering healing to the planet and to our collective in hopes that I feel like the, the heart of the Fae are asking us to work with them because they want us to remember mm. what it's like to feel and to feel each other, to feel the um, life in the earth um, and how alive everything is um, mm. because in offering us that remembrance or offering us the distillation in our consciousness so that we can remember um, they're like, if more people had this awareness, things like the Dakota Access Pipeline situation wouldn't happen. The, the damage that we're doing to the planet wouldn't happen if we had a different consciousness and different relationship to the earth. So the Fae are asking us to now really drop into the heart so that we can sh shift what we're doing. Um, for Gaia. Um, so, you know, I think that that is a really, that's probably the short of it. Um. I, I think that lands pretty deeply for not only me, but I'm sure everyone listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's wonderful. It's fun. It can be very giddy and it can be very trickstery and like all of those things that we described. But I think, yeah, there's like this whole other bigger thing. Um, not bigger in the way of hierarchical, but just like more overarching um, and how it's and how it's holding us that um, we're awakening to. And um, uh, there's just a lot there. The, there's one or, one or two th awarenesses that I want to share. One, the Yeah, the first awareness is that they're saying over the next couple of years, watch, people will become more fate oriented. So we might see this like in the collective. Mm -hmm. um, but they're saying, but it's our hope that it doesn't um, happen through a capitalist lens. So there's, <laughs> yeah, there's that. And then I don't know why they want me to say this, but um, I'm going to say it anyway. They want me to mention the fact that I have two doors in my house. So I've got um, a, a small door. I got them. I got them off Amazon, which is, I'm saying it with a level of awareness of what I'm saying because it, <laughs> Amazon is a company I think um, is problematic, yeah. but I got them there. Um, but you could build them yourself, but like yeah. a little tiny door. Out of, the, door. out of the polymer clay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, and, keep, yeah, let's hear it. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, but there's one that I have by my front door that is in my house and it covers the the electricity plugs. But oh my gosh, like going back to Foxglove and like the electricity and electrifying, like all mm. that covers the plug but it's like their entrance to my home and then I have one towards like the back of my home um that's a little like outdoor and they're saying like they want me to tell you just a little bit about like briefly about why I did that and why it's important so last year when I was feeling the fae and like going through the whole like why, why do my walls look trippy situation mm -hmm. they had this really active presence in my house with nowhere to kind of, the energy didn't know where to go and so it was leaking out in weird ways i was hearing weird knocks at night um things were going missing and then re reappearing um my husband kept losing his keys they love keys and he's easy to trick so um they kept taking his keys and i told him i said i think the fae are just messing with you so just 
I think they're messing me with me right now. I can like hear all these noises. <laughs> I see you. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Please normal. continue. It's okay. I'm like, I, that really threw me off. It sounded like there was a squirrel in my room. Uh-huh. Oh, that's very Faye. Um, Kathleen, that's exciting. <laughs> but, and I'm surprised my cats are not running around, but I, I think it's, I think it's just that they're right at this at this mulberry tree outside my window yeah and, but it really threw me off because it sounded like it was right next to right me there. so I'm so sorry I, I'm so sorry for the interruption but no, it's it, I just like freaked normal. out for a second things <laughs> like that were happening you know um but please so... continue with the fairy doors <laughs> and um yeah I don't know I don't even know how the idea came to me I really don't I have no idea where it came from but I was like, oh, I need to put some doors. They don't have their own like little portals, like or things. They have their portals, but they don't have their own um, designated portal areas where they feel like good about me, like where I'm recognizing them and they feel good about me allowing them in and out. So it's just kind of like leaking out of everywhere, and it was getting really weird. Um, I was oh the <laughs> my dog's food. So like there would be like little pellets like left on the floor. I'm like, what are these food pellets? Like constantly on the floor. Her name is Drea. I was like, Drea, can you eat your food? Like what is this? And I'm like, oh, that's not her. That's them doing weird things um, with my pets. So anyway, I put these doors in and it shifted the entire matrix of my home. So I just, I'm sharing that because maybe you're inspired to do this as well, or just like there's the fairy altar. There's a lot of different ways that we can do this by honoring them in the home. Um, the home is the heart, I think, you know, in a lot of ways. So by doing that, they really, I mean, it just, it amplified in my awareness. So, um, now I feel like they have their own space and we can kind of live a little bit more, um, harmoniously and like, like overlapped. Um, and there will be times where sometimes I will literally find the doors like ajar, like little doors. I'm like, okay <laughs> okay Ooh, interesting sometimes yes. it feels spooky but i'm like no like that's like what what that's what it's there for yeah. yeah it's like so, little cat doors totally okay interesting that is so cool and i think that's again really really helpful to hear um especially when you have all that when i think a lot of people go through this and they don't realize it i know this happens to me all the time and that was a good reminder for me to hear when there's a lot of excess energy in the house and you, because it doesn't know where to go. Totally. And, and I, I, as you said that, I was like, oh my God, how much does that happen to me? And you know what I mean? So, and then like, finally, like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this thing, but yep. um, having that, that's a good reminder. And then just having those portals or that door, those doorways to, to kind of, even symbolically, probably I'm sure, even if it was just a clay picture of a door or a, a clay sculpture of a door that may not open like yeah. in real life, I'm sure just energetically that symbolism, um, is kind of like anchoring, like, or, or, you know, anchoring like that come and go that liminal space. And so that you're seeing it and, um, kind of proclaiming that as the the portal so so yeah, even so, like computer paper and pencil I mean literally I yeah yeah print out a picture of a fairy door <laughs> um put it somewhere yeah so that's that's so cool um and that's really helpful thank you Faye for sharing that absolutely <laughs> um so just to kind of, is there anything else that um, the Faye wants to kind of share with us today or that oh, you sugar. as Vanessa wants to share? <laughs> sugar. 
they said sugar. sugar like put a sugar cube on your altar you know mm. bugs aren't going to get to it that's the thing they like chocolate they like honey um that's something i didn't mention that they're like don't forget that oh um, that's, that was something i was going to ask was like the traditional offerings of like milk or honey yeah and that kind of stuff is that's applicable or in your in your experience in my my experience yeah i've, I've worked with those little pieces of chocolate they don't want the whole chocolate bar they want little pieces mm -hmm. of chocolate mm -hmm. that's been my experience mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, on little dishes or like little like it's just funny because i think that those are classically fey um but there's something about about that that has worked really well for me and um, the question has come up in the past before, like, do they actually eat it? Like, does it actually disappear? Mm -hmm. And the answer has been, no, we don't eat it because we like work with it vibrationally. So <laughs> don't expect it to disappear, <laughs> but, but maybe, I mean, I can't say what someone else has experienced this with me, but the Faye that I've worked with have said, we work with it vibrationally and we eat off of it vibrationally. Um, since they're like other realm beings, like, why would they eat something 3d i don't know that's just like how it's come through my consciousness um so yeah those types of things and um no i mean i think that's everything i've just really enjoyed having this conversation um it's not often that i get to have this conversation so thank you and it's it's i always learn too you know as you know we tease apart different pieces i'm like oh i didn't realize this i didn't realize that and wow you know it's very enriching it has been really enriching for me too. So thank you so much, Vanessa. And I do want to share with you as someone who, um, just to kind of share it as um, an experience that I've had with Foxglove yeah. when I was making the essence. Um, it actually showed me a elf-like being um, in the woods. And um, actually that's the second time I saw like elf-like beings in the woods and it was shooting this arrow um mm. at a and i kind of watched the arrow from like the arrow's perspective like hit the target that it was shooting at and the target was a, a human person um right in the heart and this elf walks up to this human person and pulls out the arrow from the heart of this person and it's dripping blood. This sounds really dark, but it was, you know, dripping blood. And they went to lick the blood off the arrow. And then like a person who does the sword swallowing uh, at like a circus or a carnival, mm -hmm. they put that arrow straight down their throat oh. until it pierced their own heart. Whoa. And then they went to with their put their hands up and literally like give Reiki to the person that they just hit the arrow at. Wow. And with their own heart healed that person's heart. And together they experienced the healing of like both having wounded hearts and through connecting together, they healed themselves. And that's what Foxglove showed me. And at the time I was like, whoa, that, I mean, I'm again, we work with poisonous plants. So I'm used to seeing like sure. skulls and bats and, you know, whatever yeah. you want to call it, like deep things. And I also had an experience with black nightshade recently that I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was like, oh shit, this is, this is Foxglove. Okay. Um, but there was something about that 
that felt almost like the when you were describing what the message was that the you know just now what the fae want to share about coming into their consciousness and kind of like healing the planet that that's kind of i feel like that was maybe to me through filtered through my own ego through my own self to understand that messaging that that image okay yeah. that i feel almost like hearing you say that that kind of helped me like analyze a little bit of what that what that visual meant is like through together we can heal we can heal together and wow. um if that makes sense but um that hearing you say that like literally just like oh okay that's what that meant um cool. and it sat with me for a little while and had an idea of like what it kind of meant to me but um yeah i don't know man but that i just wanted to share that because that felt really specific and it feels profound yeah <laughs> the visual that you shared i was like eyes wide open like i could really feel that so wow thank you yeah oh of course and that's why i wanted to share um because it, it did feel <laughs> pretty pretty significant and um a, a, an image to truly digest Mm -hmm. um so thank you foxglove thank you Faye. thank you vanessa for mm -hmm. sharing all of this information and um it's been really enriching like you said for me as well and um just a beautiful exploration and peace to in feel enlightened with so i'm really really grateful yeah. and uh, for your time especially as a new mother. Um, very grateful for your time and taking the time to talk to me today. Um, I wanna give you the opportunity to use this time to share a little bit about what you do, your work and how people can find you and where they can find you. Absolutely. So um, my background is in transpersonal psychology. So um, working a lot with the consciousness of um, existentialism and like why we, how we create really create purpose i think is at the heart of what i do um i work a lot with dreams so dream work um and then sound healing and um flowers flower essences are extensions or pieces of of how all of that expresses um i think that there's going to be some more evolution around all of that too um perhaps with poison plants or the plant realm um and i think that I think that at the heart of my work as well, I mean, with, with dreams and transpersonal work is um, the unseen to the seen. Um, so the Fae, galactic beings, um, what we might call angelic beings, all, all, of, all of that I think is, is a huge part of my work. Um, and it might not look like the most obvious part of my work, but it's, it's a huge part. Um, and I love it. And, and just working with, I mean, through, sessions or group work or retreats i think those are all the ways that comes through um right now i'm, I'm a mom so i'm not really doing much um <laughs> at this exact moment um i think that in, in terms of the fae i think that i'm definitely in a space of integration and receiving a lot more with the the plant spirit so i'm excited to see what's next and what they're asking me to um just expand upon. I feel like a lot of expansion in, in the plant spirit realm in the Fae. Um, but yeah, VanessaLamorte.com or Instagram at VanessaLamorte. Um, I think those are the best ways to 
connect and um, yeah, look, just looking forward to seeing how this ripples out. Cause I'm like, hmm, magic. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm sure that this is gonna be helpful for the people that, the souls that listen to it in time and space. So I'm excited. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely.